Jimbo Paris, and you are listening to the Jimbo Paris Show. All right, what's up, everyone? This is Jimbo Paris here. Welcome to the Jimbo Paris Show, and today we have Natasha Milo, Miller, and she is CEO of Entire Productions, and essentially she's focused on kind of going out and helping businesses scale, grow, and get larger and sort of to just improve the entire work environment in general. So let's see what she has to say. Hi. Hello. I have a lot to say. Okay. Let's get started. So can you tell me who you are, what you're about, and what your message is? Sure. I am Natasha Miller, as you said. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Grew up in Iowa in the middle of the country. And I've had my company, my core business, Entire Productions, for over 20 years. We're an event and entertainment production company. And we work with companies you may have heard of like Salesforce and Google and Apple and Facebook and LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera, on their big, like bombastic, really fun, over-the-top events. Lots of entertainment, light, sound, action. And I also love to help entrepreneurs scale and grow their businesses efficiently by at least 50% or more. How do you do that? You have to have a good product or service to start with, right? And you have to have buyers and figure out what your market fit is. So if you're there already, that's great. But in order to scale and grow your revenue and your profit, you have to have like incredible systems and processes that are documented and that are consistent throughout your entire workforce. You have to really know how to, it's an art and science of adding people to your organization, sourcing and qualifying them, interviewing them, developing them, um, and making sure that you have a succession plan, especially right now with hiring is so difficult to do right now with the great resignation and inflation. So you have to really stand out with your core values and your culture and those things aren't just, you know, your logo and free lunch on Fridays. There's a lot to it. How did you learn all this? Well, for the first 12 years, uh, by trial and error and making it up as I go and learning the hard knocks of not having some of these things in place. And then in 2015, I took an entrepreneurial master's course at Babson College and have since studied at Harvard and MIT, again, entrepreneurial master's courses with incredible other entrepreneurs that are in their business doing the same scaling and growth. And that really just has popped me up huge amounts to the point where I think after 2015, our business scaled by, it grew by 65% and did so year after year. So we were on the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing companies in America three times in a row. Honestly, the, the, the short answer is I did the work, finally. You said finally. So you never did it at first? Mm -mm. I was winging it and I was proud of being an entrepreneur that didn't have an advisory board or a lot of, you know, business skills or business education. And honestly, I was at about 1.5 million in revenue when I had the aha moment. Also, I think I was sort of ready mentally and emotionally to take on the business of working 
on building a foundation because those first 12 years of my business, entire productions was more of a lifestyle business. And it was paying you know, for my rent and my bills, but also supporting my performing career as a professional jazz artist. So, you know, I had different goals and different uh, things that I was really laser focused on. So when I got that aha moment in 2015, I'm now addicted to learning. <laughs> so you mentioned this interesting term, lifestyle business. Mm -hmm. What is the actual definition of that? A lifestyle business is a business where there's not really enough margin to add employees to scale or grow. So scaling and growth would mean like operating in different cities or major markets, having like boots on the ground and in various places. And, you know, it's just, it's really a, a skinny margin business. It's smaller. There's nothing wrong with it, by the way. There's nothing wrong with it. But also in those lifestyle businesses, you're an employee of your own business. You're working day to day in the business. Whereas as an entrepreneur with a scaling and growing business, I currently only work on the business 20% of my time and not in the day to day. I'm not doing sales. I'm not talking to clients. I'm not doing the heavy lifting. My team is. That's the only way you can scale. Interesting, interesting. How did you begin hiring people and expanding your business? At first, I was really hesitant to dip my toe into the commitment. And I had interns and I had part-time people. So, you know, I really wasn't committing to them long-term. When I started hiring people, I think it was probably 2013, I had my first like full-time employee. I did not know what I was doing. I was worried that I wasn't going to make payroll I didn't know how to interview them. I didn't know how to develop them. I didn't know how to manage them. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't a really good situation to be in. And as the years went along, when I started hiring more people, I really still was doing it by gut. And now I have a pretty formal scorecard that puts together the thought leadership of Jeffrey Smart, who wrote the book, Who, which is a you know hiring sort of manifesto along with the tools of EOS Traction, which is an operating system for businesses. And, you know, I, I use the same scorecard for every person and ask the same question. So I'm trying to interview apples to apples instead of apples to oranges. How are you going to measure them against each other? Of course, gut instinct, personality, culture fit, those things matter. But I've really studied how to find the right fit. And, and with right fit, you mean the employee to the business or the employee to the employee? Well, I mean, the employee to the business. Is it a right fit for both of us? Is it the right person in the right seat that has capacity? Do they honor and embody our core values? You know, it's, it's kind of an intense process. It's very different than what I did before I learned how to do this. And now my hiring choices are working out much better. They're staying longer. I'm not firing them. <laughs> and it's just a much more pleasant way of being. What were some of the challenges you went through? I think any entrepreneur would say the biggest challenge that they have in their business is the people. And that's because we can't be programmed, right? We're sloppy, messy, emotional people. And we have our own desires and wants. So I think, you know, building my business, that was the hardest. 
our biggest challenge happened in 2020. I don't need to spell it out for you, but people did not get together and do in-person events. So my multi-million dollar profitable business went to zero. I think that was my biggest challenge ever. And we revamped it and started doing virtual events. What was the first thought that came to your head when that happened? That I'm going to be homeless. I didn't take into account all of the thought leadership information um, abilities that I had. I just kind of went right back to, honestly, when I was delivered to a homeless shelter at 16 years old on Christmas Day by my mom and dad. But that, that feeling didn't last forever, obviously. But that was my first thought. But it never came true. So how did you overcome that? You know, a lot of people talk about resiliency and that being very important in life, and it certainly is. But I know for sure it's not enough to be resilient. You really have to be relentless in the pursuit of your dreams and your goals and getting you from where you were to where you want to go. And that is a natural instinct within me. I'm my best self in a challenge after, you know, the the scary part subsides. And I'm a really, really creative person. And I'm not shy. And I have a lot of confidence. So when I let all of that, you know, fear, I, I put it to the side, and I just got to work on developing a way out of the hole. And we ended up producing over 200 events uh, on virtual platforms at the end of 2020. So you not only know how to scale, grow and optimize, but you're also adaptable as well. So yeah. talking a lot about people here and kind of what I'm thinking here too is that you also want a podcast called Fascinating Entrepreneurs. So mm -hmm. what types of people do you bring on that podcast? Yes. So I have these requirements. They have to be fascinating people to me or their business be fascinating and hopefully both. Okay. So that's number one. I interview people that do a million dollars in revenue, uh, annual recurring revenue, or more. And I like to interview people that have teams, like full-time employees, W-2 employees, because we're really talking about um, legacy, building futures for other people, core values, culture. And if you're um, a business coach or you're a freelancer, you're really only kind of in your own world. And yes, you may have some 1099 employees or contractors, but it's not the same. So those are like the top things that I'm looking for in entrepreneurs. And I ask some hard questions of them. I learn a lot from them. And I think the listeners are, you know, holding on to my guests sort of every last word, because sometimes I ask, what is the toughest challenge you're working on right now? Yes, you have like a $10 million business and life seems like amazing, but I know there's something going wrong because this is life. And so what is it? And then I also talk about what their number one strategy for growth that they're doubling down on is to help other people consider those strategies. Do you think the singing and the music kind of carried over to your creative ability as well? Absolutely. I thought I would only be a performer. That's what I thought I was put on the earth for. That was my greatest talent. If you would have told me when I was younger, I'd be doing what I'm doing now, that wasn't within reach. I wasn't even in the viewfinder. 
you know, entire productions was built completely around my performing career. And then I started booking other people instead of me being the talent. So yes, I think you know, I was creative. I was going to be creative no matter what I did, but it certainly informed me of entire productions. You still play instruments and sing? I do. Mm -hmm. I just did, yeah, I was going to say, I just did my book launch at the San Francisco MoMA Theater with a yeah. five-piece band where I read some excerpts of the book and then played bits and pieces of the music that went along with those excerpts. And for the audible version of my book, which is called Relentless, Homeless Teen to Achieving the Entrepreneur Dream, it also has my music recordings woven in the entire narration, which I did. And I will be putting it up for Grammy uh, consideration for this year. Why? Why not? It's pretty interesting. Okay. <laughs> my thing is, why do you play music? That is something from the heart. It's how I meditate. It's how I journal, although I also journal. It's how I communicate my emotions. It's how I really stress and anxiety. It is how I enjoy and interpret different things going on in life. So it really is my outlet, my creative outlet. When you talk about maturity and experience, we're kind of going back a bit. That's sort of when we go back to your character and sort of the experience you had, you know, fighting to grow your first um, business, right? The production business. Or is that something different with experience? For, for me, at the Harvard program, if I did not have the experience of going to the Babson 10,000 small businesses, I would have been lost. It would have almost been like gibberish. Okay. Right? I wouldn't have the language. I wouldn't have had the experience. I wouldn't have had the successes. I might have been able to absorb like 10 or 15% of what was being taught and understand it. Versus I was there, I probably got, honestly, about 80, 85%. <laughs> so this this sort of helped to build your foundation even more, right? Or Yeah, and gave me new ideas and, and showed me the insides of very big and very successful businesses, whether they were a household name or not, and how they function and how they dealt with challenges. And we as a class got to sort of raise our hand and discuss when there was a pivotal, pivotal moment in somebody's business, what should they do? Should they do this or should they do this? And we would all debate what we didn't know in the first case study that we did was that we would get the answer of what that company actually did and what the outcome was of their actions. So that was really fun. So we're like pitted against each other. Everybody thinks they're definitely right. And one time, one of the owners of the business that was in the case study that we were arguing was in the room with us. Mm -hmm. So half the students are tearing apart his decision and half the students are like, no, this is a great idea. I think they're going to make millions. And, you know, then he gets up and he says what his decision was and what the outcomes were from it. So it's pretty cool. All right. Excellent. Excellent. And why don't we take a quick look at your, do you have a website? You have a website, right? I have a few. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So let's take a glance at your website. So it's entireproductions.com is my core business. That's my yeah. personal brand website. That's official natashamiller.com. And that is really for the things that we're talking about um, teaching, teaching, 
I am also a keynote speaker. I do an experiential keynote performance. I, the podcast is on there. And then of course my book is there and various events that I speak at or perform at is there. There's a blog post for everybody to read sort of distilled instances of the podcasts. And actually the trailer for my book, I see the play button is really cool. If you felt like playing that, I don't know how much time we have, but it's, it's pretty cool. This is a story you've never heard before. A story of hope in the face of despair, of success in spite of all the obstacles, of grit and tenacity. And it's all true. This is a blistering account of one woman's incredible journey. From a young girl forced out of her home by her mother's threats, taken to a youth shelter on Christmas night, to redefining her life on her own terms by pursuing her dreams and talents, playing on some of the biggest stages in the world, and building a multi-million dollar business from the ground up. She was too young to do it all alone, yet took the steps to make it on her own. This is a story that proves it's not enough to be resilient. You've got to be Relentless by Natasha Miller, homeless teen to achieving the entrepreneur dream, a memoir you won't be able to put down. Get your copy today. Be relentless. I think making this about yourself really did help to push it to the next level. It gives it more of a personal tone. I had a company help me with this trailer and they had given me like eight or nine voiceover actors and I've done voiceover and commercials and jingles before. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to voice it myself. And that's a track for my first record called Her Life that's playing underneath the, the video. Well, that is very interesting. Yes. Well, this interview really has been a privilege. You know, are there any final standing words you'd like to say to the audience? I mean, if you're inspired by this, just keep up the uh, energy that you get from this interview and just attack your, your dreams and goals and don't let anything get in the way. If something gets in the way, brush it aside and keep moving. Thank you again, Natasha. Thank you so much. A few quick shout outs. Sixfield University. This is run by Kamiana Jones Bay, Anna Jones Bay. They're basically focused on helping people build real estate businesses and start their own salons. So if you want to learn how to start your own real estate business or get into real estate and start making your six figures, get in touch with these people. Next person is Judy Ryan. Judy Ryan is basically our affiliate and collaborative partner. She focuses on helping companies kind of build a much more kinder and more focused work culture and kind of improving their company culture and to grow their businesses as a whole. Very interesting group as well. And again, subscribe now. Uh, we are currently growing quite well at subscribers, so keep up the good work. Thank you for subscribing. And this will also be on our website. We're a full-on TV channel, so look at us there as well. Roku TV, this will be everywhere, Spotify. So check us out there. Thank you again. This is Jimbo. This is the Jimbo Paris Show. Thank you again for watching.
Thank you for listening to the Jimbo Parish Show.